Okay, welcome to FMLPL. I'm Alon. It's Walsh. Housekeeping. Let's jump in. Please go ahead and give us a rate and a comment on iTunes. It'd be much appreciated. Follow us on Twitter. It's where I'm most active at FMLPL. And email in rate my teams. Any other questions to FMLPL at gmail.com or Walsh is most active. Check out our website, FMLPL.com, where we have the league info, link start team, social media, store. Uh, ways to donate to us, etc. Also on our website, we post lineup lamentations every Friday. We pick our starting 11s and captains. And via our friend at FBL Discovery, we also have some cool like advanced team selection stats on game week mornings. Um, lastly, shout out to uh, Franco C, a.k.a. Natural Selection, back on top of the FMLPL table. Still yeah. fucking killing it. Cleanse all of the FMLPL. He, he actually has fucking... <laughs> Four consecutive red arrows, but he's still ranked 639 in the world. Little red arrows are not a big deal. I guess you have that like buffer of being so high. Yeah, but he was he was at 22nd in the world pretty he'll recently. Get back. Franco will get back. Yeah, I guess Franco. Yeah. Um, all right. So last week was fucking a million years ago, but yeah. But how'd you do? Um, I had a good green arrow. I had a 64 pointer. Um, I rose up to 20k from 30k, so I had a 10k rise. Um, I mean, obviously, I had no clean sheets like the rest of the world, but I guess it was just you know, Firmino and Mane both fired, which was nice. I guess pretty much a lot of teams had two Liverpool mids both firing, but the difference I think for me was just having Costa up top, um, Captain Aguero, like everyone else as well. But the nine points from Costa kind of just like buoyed me up above the kind of average, I feel like. Um, Pickford's four was pretty nice, and I didn't get the whole boss negative pointer like you, and I'm sure a lot of others did. So um, I got 11 out this week, which was nice after the <laughs> previous week of not doing so. So uh, I feel good. My two transfers I ended up doing were um, uh, some defender out for Van Dick. Oh, Glenner, dead Glenner for Van Dyck, who got me one point against Hull, which was not what I expected. And then I jumped on the Gunda wagon and I got rid of Siggy, which was a little miff. I lost two points in that swap right away. So, um, you know, it's kind of like a neutral transfer on the week because I would have, if I didn't get Van Dyck in, I would have had negative two from Hulls. So it would have been a zero to zero. But I feel better moving forward having Van Dyck in. So that's Yeah, good. and you gained some money. It's not, it's not bad overall. Yeah, I got some money in the bank. I feel like Gunduan or. Based on how expensive my front three is with Aguero, Costa, and Lukaku, I feel like I do need to be shopping one of my spots in that like six million or under bracket. Um, having Siggy in there as my fourth mid just felt a little bit too expensive with what I had to do in defense to yeah. keep it. I mean, defense, it seems like there's an argument for just going cheap as fuck because there are no clean sheets ever, but I still feel just better having defenders from good teams. I don't know. I mean, there attacking. were there were a few weeks long stretch where there were actual clean sheets happening, and I remember yeah. I I got a fucking ton of them, and it kept me afloat. But yeah, I mean, this week was so weird. Chelsea, the only yeah, just clean. Chelsea. Yeah, yeah. But, so I mean, I wish I got obviously like Alonso instead of Van Dijk. I had enough money to do, but I just thought the Everton fixture was bad. I thought Chelsea clean sheet perspective fixtures. For the next few fixtures, they—I mean—they had Everton, Spurs, and City three of the next four. So I didn't really think about going there. Van Dijk seemed a lot better with Hall. Um, a little bit of some mixed fixtures, but some home and then then a good run. So I don't know. I maybe, whatever. Yeah, we'll see how, how that all plays out. Um, 
I did okay. I had a I had a small drop. I went down like 10k places, but I'm still pretty decent at 45k. Um, I had 53 points, as you mentioned. I had the very unwelcome negative two from Holobos auto sub for fucking Callum, who just like he got one of those like last second knocks, and he had home Sunderland, so I was really <laughs> counting on him. But I don't know. He's a fucking dick face, and then. Yeah, my two free transfers, I also went Gundawagen in for Wally, which was actually a clean sheet point netted in my tit. And then Coutinho in for Sterling, which was just a huge, huge insane plus 11 on that transfer because Sterling didn't play. The funny thing I realized when I was looking back is if I actually kept Sterling, I would have gotten Darun's goal. (laughs) Yeah, his his one goal every decade auto-subbed in. But it's still better to have Coot. five more points and having someone who's insanely good. Yeah, Coot is now like the most owned player in all of fantasy and price rising and just going insane. Um, But yeah, I got the, you know, Captain Coot the usual. It's annoying he got that yellow, which only kept him at one bone. Yeah, it was like a three-point yellow or six-point for us. Yeah. Bobby and all of Liverpool made a joke out of Twatford. And then actually, underratedly, I got the Bug Eyes assist, which was really nice because in that game, no one really got any attacking returns Not because no one has Kane and Alexis and Feo blank. So to get anything from that, it was actually like sneaky pretty good for me. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of a weird week in terms of green and red arrows. It's like you got a green arrow if you had two Liverpool mids and a Chelsea attacker, basically. Yeah, it does feel that no way. no one else really returned. I mean, no one returned. Yeah, no clean no and no one else returned. Uh, Chaz. Chaz was a nice one that Chaz, I yeah, didn't Chaz have. Chaz got a little seven. You're right. That's that was your, That's correct. I yeah. mean, I guess Kevin Ginger did it and had a good game, too. But Yeah, Kevin, I feel like, is a big differential. But Chaz is like probably... Well, definitely after these two weeks of his price rises, the most highly owned like third forward outside of the holy trinity of uh, Kuhn, Lukaku, Costa. But yeah. all right, should we just move forward? Because no sponsor this week. Our brains are too international break scrambled. Let's just dive right in, I think, right? Yeah, I mean, I think the best place to start is surely Chelsea. But before that, I, I think that we need to talk a little bit about a little uh, step back and just game theory and philosophy, early transfers. I mean, this is the international break of international breaks to just make you want to kill yourself if you made early transfers. Um, It's so interesting seeing constantly on like fantasy football scout on the forums and stuff about people debating over about team value and its importance. And I don't know, I was trying to think about like what kind of a swing in team value would you need to make a transfer? Like is 0.3 or 0.4 like to do an early transfer and then subject yourself when most of your players are playing internationals or you know Sanchez got hurt immediately then Hazard got a knock no one knows if he's fit or not i mean we'll wait and see about Conte's presser there but a lot of people are taking minus 4s and minus 8s to get Hazard in it just seems like everyone is going to insane it's just game week 11 of a million game weeks yeah Hazard's been on a good roll but at Middlesbrough is not that good of a fixture. They're really tight and really tight at home. I think definitely Hazard is the form player to bring in, but like so many people did, Alexis to Hazard, and now they're sitting with potentially an injured player. And um, Alexis is actually, it turns out, fine, and he's playing yeah. tomorrow. Yeah, it's just, 
yes, you're going to gain, like Alexis dropped, has our double rows, or I mean, there are other cases where people maybe lost Sterling or something for Hazard where it's maybe a little bit greater value gain, but I still think it's just, yes, it's nice when we wildcard in January or February when doubles come around to have team value of like 105 or 106, but if it's 103 or 104, okay, maybe you can't get that expensive fullback as your fourth defender, but it's not like that insanely big of a difference, I feel like, you know? Yeah, I know. Like I think the I'm points with you. are so much more valuable. And people, I don't know if it's hive mind on fantasy football scout because everyone's so intent on gaining value and not like all that shit. But it's like, I still have players, I think Walcott, like I still think he's good. I see he's still getting good stats. Like, if I'm going to lose a little value, I'm like, a transfer is so much more valuable. Like, I'm not going to waste a transfer on someone who I still think is, even though he's not the flavor of the day and he's blanked a couple times or whatever. You know, I mean, it's like Sterling. It's I guess this was the case where if you kept Sterling last week, it was really the week too long. But he did blank for about a month, so I mean, it's still very situational. But it's just an interesting thing. This international break, how many people use transfers early to get Hazard and knee jerking, and he double rose within the first you know handful of or week or whatever of the two week break. It's just like transfers are going out of control. But, yeah, no, I fully agree with you. I mean, we we rarely do early transfers. I think last week when I revealed to you on the pod where I did the Gundogan and Coot was probably like the first week of the season where I made an early transfer. And the biggest difference is it's not international break and Coot didn't doesn't have European games, so it's like pretty safe. You know that oh like Oh my god, AJ just got a thirteen yard pass touchdown from Ginger and oh just texted my me. God. Adam Walsh glass case of emotion. Oh, oh my god. My phone right now. It's like first drive he scored. I'm back, baby. Let's go. Um yeah, no, I think that was the first week that I've made early transfers all season and like it's so much safer in in between regular game weeks when like Coot and Liverpool aren't in Europe, and you can just be like, okay, like, barring a freak injury or some Callan Wilson shit, like he's fine. You have today, to be a training knock. Yeah, like, exactly. those are the kinds of times when you 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 take the risk. That's when you take the risk, and and it's okay to focus maybe a little extra on team value because you know someone like Coutinho, you know for a fact is going to double rise, maybe triple rise after that kind of week that he just had, but. Yeah, over international breaks, I think people go a little too crazy for all the reasons you listed. I also think that people are, you know, like we're talking about the hardcore people on like Fantasy Football Scout and like the Reddit commentators and shit like that. But over like the the middle bulk of international breaks, there's like very few price rises. Like the majority of the FPL world is not looking at FPL or making moves at that point. So... Even though you think like, oh my god, two weeks off and Hazard, he's going to go up like 0.5. Like that's not the actual reality. It's like I feel like the amount of days where there's a lot of transfer activity probably equal out to about the same as between two normal game weeks, which yeah, is something and I, mean, I realized last season. Yeah, and we've felt that the earlier international breaks, the last like 17 or so that we've had this season already. <laughs> but I'm more just referring to just doing them early. I mean, you're going to catch the same rise. I mean, if this was a one-week game week, Hazard would still double or triple rise. There's no question about that. It would just be in a smaller time frame. But it's just doing those transfers so early when you have so many of your players playing internationally, so many more players at risk. 
um, as well as Hazard himself, like not only the player that you're transferring him, but you know maybe six or seven of your other players. And I don't know. I feel like I, I I'm fully with you. I mean, yeah. I, I everyone who's asked me on Twitter or emailed you on Twitter knows this, but we strongly recommend not doing these early transfers. I mean, someone just today, I think his name was Luke, messaged us on Twitter and asked if he should do, um, what was it, Mane to Coutinho for a minus four. And, you know, regardless of taking the hit, and I think it's bad and kind of a lateral move, the reason he wanted to do it was for funds for next week's transfer, which is, you know, fine, whatever. But... I said to him, no, I was "That's like, not fine. Whatever. You never take a hit to free up funds for future no, you transfer. never do. Obviously, I you said do it no. next week for a hit. Like, uh, obviously, I said no. Yeah. But the 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 separate reason, more related to what we were just talking about, that I gave him is just there's still international games to come, and there's still an entire weekend of games to come where you don't know your situation going into next week. So even though like you can look at your team now and say like." This guy to this guy, so I can free up funds and get in. Like Cedric, I think is who he wanted to get in. Like you have no idea who's going to get hurt Cedric this week start, start or the over the game week. Yeah. So it's just like that's just another example of an early transfer. Just you're just putting yourself and your team at such great risk and having we're to so, like take another so minus four or like start a zero or something, and just not good. We're so conservative. It's yeah, kind of, we've we've. I love it. We've learned and we've been burned <laughs> too many yeah. times. I think we're wise in that in that sense. Um, so that aside, I, I think if if it if nothing else, it could be a lesson. If I mean, if you're going through the uh, roller coasters of emotion of seeing every little press conference out of Chile and every fucking news out of Roberto Martin is his dumb dick face face. <laughs> you don't want to deal with it. I mean, there's it, gaining point two, selling that. Like, what the fuck are we doing? You don't want to lose four points. Like, points is why we play the game, not for fictitious like money making schemes. Last year in the double game week, you want to load up on Newcastle players. Why do you need a team value of 108? I mean, it sounds like I'm rationalizing, and I am to a degree, but. You have to weigh certain things in certain aspects. Also, last season, the best team you could possibly make had a team value of like eighty billion. Yeah, I mean, there you know, you'll always fund those budgets. I know. Theoretically, you know, you want more. More is nice for flexibility, but yeah, yeah. But in these cases, it's just you got to chill and not follow the herd. Just because Hazard blew up for eighteen nineteen doesn't mean he's going to do it again next week. He looks great moving forward, but. I mean, if you don't have two frees or if you really have nothing else to do, then yeah, make that swap. But it's not like Alexis is a bad player. I mean, he's he's a good shout to get points again in any fixture as well. It's a little more challenging than Chelsea's fixtures, but I don't know. I just got to talk people off the ledge sometimes. They just they want the, they want to chase last week's points. That's the biggest mistake in FPL. I feel like is chasing last week's points. The players that you have in your team, unless if they're injured. Still are good chances to get points. I mean, they're still good players. You pick them for one reason or the other to begin with. So. I'm fully with you, brother. Uh, whoa, I'm going to not. Wow, we're whoa. back, baby. Let's right, go. Right, right. I think a good place to trans- transition from there. Well, you wanted to talk about Chelsea, but I was going to go to just Liverpool mids because we we're just talking about Mane to Coot or Firmino to Coot. That's like a lot of people are asking about those specific transfers. I wanted to know what you thought about that. Well, obviously we have the greater risk over the Brazilians with their internationals, even though I, I saw something that Liverpool Echo said that they're going to charter a plane back for Bobby and uh Yeah, Phil. they'll be back like 
Tuesday night or early Wednesday? Yeah, I mean, Mane will be back probably about the same time, but it's the same kind of thing that even if you have a free transfer or if you have two frees, I wouldn't make a swap for a Mane, Phil, Firmino. Like, if you have two of them, just stick because any one of those three for where I'm sitting could be rested as much as I think they're all going to start. Southampton's not a pushover. Um, that's the kind of thing that you would do if you're trying to free up funds and you have two frees or, I mean, Mane before he goes out to AFCON, but there's no reason why you should get rid of any three of those players that if you have them. I mean, I've had Mane instead of Coutinho for a while and they're basically about on par for points. Yeah, that's how I feel. I haven't, too. yeah, I haven't gained value with Mane, but he's getting me the same points. And it, yes, it was a miss. If I saved point seven there when I was on wildcard back when Phil was at eight point two, Mane would think I think eight nine when I bought him. Um, I would have accrued, you know, a couple of point three selling value and been getting basically the same points. But yeah, but the value point, of a transfer to just make no, that it's, swap it's is more. just it's, so it's, it's, it's so much more. At this point, it's yeah, so much the, more. You got to the, stick. There's like no team unless you're fresh off wildcard that has just like no other moves to make. Like your defense are all fucking great and titting, and everyone's you know, got Ama. Everyone has a mod or fucking <laughs> Holobos Adam Smith or some dick fucking goal or something. It just yeah. doesn't, yeah, it doesn't pan out that way. So, yeah, that's Liverpool. But it does, it does seem like you should have two of them. Having two feels fucking credible. I mean, they're just they all three double digited this week, and the fixtures are fine, like better than fine. The fixtures are fucking amazing. The next like six still, aside yeah, from I mean, this at Southampton game. Yeah, Southampton's the only really tricky one in there for a while. Yeah, then home nice, Sunday at Bournemouth, home West Ham at Borough. It's great. I mean, but even at Southampton isn't like bad. I, they could still do them. Yeah, no, it's anyone. not horrific. Yeah, they yeah. don't have a bad fixture. Period. I mean, they do everybody. They're great. Woo! But yeah, you wanted to talk about Chelsea. I mean, how essential is is Hazard or Costa or even like Alonso? I mean, I think it's coming back to the same thing that we kind of talk about preseason every year: is looking at what teams are in Europa, what teams are in Champions League. And what are the a couple of the good teams that are with neither? And we're finding right now that those the fixtures are piling up. That Liverpool and Chelsea are really where you want your assets to be and where you want to spend your money. There's no rotation risk. They don't have other games. They're fresh. They're spending all week training for the Premier League game versus you know City, where we're seeing Aguero get rested, Pep's rotating everyone, and you know every, all these other fucking Sterling teams. Arsenal, rested. Sterling yeah. rested. Arsenal hasn't had so much rest yet, but I mean it's, it'll probably come. But yeah, yeah I mean Alexis Chelsea, got rested. At the like what was that a bunch of weeks after ago International before, before PSG the big champions, and shit yeah. like that. And we'll see what kind of lineup Barson puts out this week because they have another big Champions League game after. But it seems like it's pretty foolish not to own either Costa and or Hazard. Um, it's the kind of thing where, like you mentioned earlier, it got me a little excited about Kevin because all I want to do all the time is own Kevin, but I have not done yet. But it's tough to justify spending like eleven mil, 10, 10 to eleven mil range on someone who, you know, is realistically a rotation risk because of the games that they have. And you look at someone like Hazard, who's in the same price bracket, firing on all cylinders, and he's got one game a week. Um, you know, those are the kinds of things that are a little bit tricky. But yeah, having Costa or Hazard seems like you should do because they're blowing teams away, and this new system, they're just they look great. Yeah, they look phenomenal, and. The only thing that's a little bit worrying to me, I mean, as we talked about with the early transfers, is they both kind of have like mysterious knocks. So, 
I understand wanting to get them in before this this Middlesbrough game, which is pretty good. But then after that, they have Spurs and City. I don't know, like someone like my team in the position I'm in, where I'd have to like either get rid of a Liverpool mid or get rid of Mezut or something like that, which is like a pretty drastic move, or find the funds to get from Callum to Costa, which is even more difficult to do. I kind of feel like. I'm okay waiting until after these next three fixtures, especially with the injury risk and four yellow cards lurking. But I don't know. Do you think I'm I'm being too conservative? Um, I think it's a little bit of a tough call because, I mean, at City is not a bad fixture. That's a pretty good fixture. But Spurs is kind of bad. Um, I, mean, I that, think it's deceptive, we'll know, though, with City because, yeah, they won't keep it clean, but, like, they're not going to let up four. They're not going to let up four. So it's not yeah. good. It's just not yeah, like no, it's not yeah. good. It's not just like it's not bad. It's, it's kind of medium. But yeah, yeah. I think maybe I mean we're potting on Monday, and we might have more information about their fitness after the presser, or he's going to just say Costa and Hazard need to be assessed before the game, and then we're just all fucked. But I think that there is that. I mean, that's kind of the reason why I didn't really look at like Alonzo because the, the four fixtures, including Everton last week, were one good and, and four bad. It's like. You think you're looking at someone like Ozil who can return against any team. It's not like you're taking out someone who's injured. So I think again, it's the case where the the value of the transfer or saving a transfer is much more than chasing last week's points. As much as you think Hazard's a better shout than Ozil, it's just like if you're looking to get by for a few weeks and tidy up some other areas of your team, you can get him in a couple weeks. Yeah, that's that's kind of how I feel. That That was my gut, and I'm glad that you. Feel the same way because even someone like Ozil is such a perfect example of like the type of guy that everyone that we just talked about would have knee jerked out for Hazard. But then you look again at Arsenal's fixtures. Out of the next twelve game weeks, they have actually three bad fixtures. Like their fixtures are as good as any. And yeah, someone no. like Ozil, who didn't even play over an international break, he just probably went on vacation or something. He's just nailed for 90 in all of those and he's just going to keep ticking over regularly like he's a great pick there's no I'm I'm in no rush to get rid of someone like Ozil you know so it's that would be a bad knee jerk at this point if you made that move you're fucking stressing out right now but Hazard's like little knock on his calf even though it sounds very minor I don't know I'd be yeah, worried we don't know we don't know what it is we don't know we shit know. I mean it's all shit like well, managers no like to pressure, keep like no scan, like we don't know anything. Yeah, we know actually nothing. We we all we know is like the verbatim bullshit that managers say, which is always a lie, and they're always trying to keep the opposing teams in the dark. So we know nothing. But yeah, I mean Chelsea though, like they they look so good, and I was hanging out with Derek recently, great friend of the pod, Daredale. And he was talking about getting in a Chelsea defender. And, yeah, I mean, Alonso is just, he's just God. Like, he's, I think, the by far number one defender in the game right now. Probably not close. I mean, like, his stats, his positional map, his heat map or whatever, his form, Chelsea's form, their defense in general, they're pretty much all top. And... You know, maybe after this stretch or whatever, I'm gonna probably stretch the budget a little bit to try and get him in. Yeah, I, I think Alonso or, or Azpil or look 
great right now. I mean, even David Luiz, I think, is a good pick. Um, I just feel like the even the positional scarcity of like another attacking wing back makes Alonso even even more attractive because I was thinking about Aspil and I originally actually recommended him to Derek because of those bonus points, but like Terry's back, Zuma's due back this week. Like I think Aspel's still nailed and they're playing so well I don't think he would change it up for, for the fun. But they literally have no one else that can play Alonso's position. They have no one else on the team that can play Alonso's position and they have like six Elite center backs. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. That's a good point. I think probably in the long term, if they keep like if they go two weeks without a clean and he's yeah something like that, like yeah. they have these hard fixtures, you know yeah. what's going to happen. Yeah, you're right. I think probably Alonso, especially after the goal in the hall, it's like yeah, yeah, go on with Alonso. But go. yeah, he seems good. I mean, I'm sitting here with like fucking Klein and Fuchs who just seem like pieces of shit. <laughs> yeah. I was looking. I hate Klein. Dude. I can't handle him anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm looking also at Fuchs, and I'm like, okay, I think I was a little bit too clever getting him when I was on wild card when their fixtures were still kind of bad. But he's gotten me like okay points since I've had him. But the fixtures are really weird for them because they've been so bad away, and all their good fixtures are away, kind of. So I'm t- kind of thinking about double switching them for someone like Friend to keep in the same price range and not like go too nuts. Someone like Friend and Alonso. Yeah, Just or Brunt, like, who's like everyone's ledge. Pick of the letter right now. Yeah. yeah, I still don't know how nailed Brunt is. I don't know, but um, yeah, I don't know, man. No, I'm definitely thinking about an Alonso swap. I also have like Collar of Matip. I can. You have a lot. E- it's easier. I it's mean, much Colorado's easier for me. Yeah, yeah, I'm in like it's the same go, yeah. same range as Alonso, yeah. so I'll I'll make that move. Yeah, and I could do a straight swap too because I've got this money in the bank, but I'm still just like not sure. I want to. Every I feel like every every transfer I spend and put more money into defense is just like that much more difficult for me to take it out and put it into offense. So I, I'm always like very nervous about overextending my budget and my defense. Right. So. The good thing about Alonzo is that he's start every week because of his attacking potential. Yeah, that is a very Spurs good thing. City. Sure. It doesn't matter. He can always yeah. get an assist. He can always get a goal. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. But you don't want to start him against Spurs and City. Yeah. But you should, I think. Yeah, if you have him, you do. Yeah, but but if, if you're you transferring a man, yeah, totally. Then it's it's a nice little thing to do. But. Yeah. Uh, what else um, do you want to talk about? I don't know. I mean, last week was kind of weird. It was just sort of low scoring. All of the popular heads popped up. I mean, no cleans. Were there, were there any like surprise yeah. well, performances? I think, I think I think it's still worth talking about as we talk about uh, basically every week. I guess is the third forward. I mean, we mentioned Chaz Austin donned. Um, Defoe keeps donging. He's right up there among like top fours. I think Defoe's fifth and Chaz is sixth right now. Um, I looked a little bit further into Chaz because, like I mentioned earlier, I still have Callum Wilson, who's a fucking nightmare fuckfest. So Chaz is like the most obvious move to make. His price keeps rising. And I looked at his stats, and they're just fucking insane. Like yeah, he's getting everything in the box. Uh, yeah, as good as you can get. Like him and Aguero, by far best stats of any forwards in the league. Um, but yeah, I don't know what else I have to say about the third forward. But it does seem like Chaz has fully cemented himself as like the guy. Assuming you don't have the top three. Yeah, I agree. I think he separated himself. He separated um, himself. He's just so much yeah. better and by far on the best team of all of those guys. 
Yeah, I still think Defoe. It's the kind of. Th- I mean, people that own Defoe, you got to hold with him though, because I mean, the fixture. Yeah. He just keeps getting fucking goals. His I, like goal record is insane. It's insane, and I I love Defoe. And for pod listeners who have been listening since last season, I was always on Defoe and always loved him and double game week captain and all that shit. But the thing with Defoe, and we've mentioned this a lot on the pod recently too, is like just uh, judging the team also. And obviously Sunderland are fucking god awful. I mean like Defoe keeps dogging and it's great, but like you see home hall, it's very deceptive because Sunderland aren't capable of dominating a match or like scoring three plus against any team. So home hall like is almost irrelevant. Whereas, like, you know, a team of Southampton's quality, like, soon they have, like, Palace, Middlesbrough, Stoke, Bournemouth. Like, they could actually score three-plus in any of those. So, uh, to me, that's the big difference. Yep. The, the opportunity and volume. Yeah. Kane, Kane time might also be around the corner. He might he might emerge. Yeah. I mean, I think he – I mean, his price dropped a little bit. Um, he's closer to Costa now. I think – I'm sure when Costa gets that fourth yellow, Kane's going to get a big uptick because they're probably going to be doing those lateral swaps, which is, you know, for a good reason. I think Kane has proven in his short career he's FPL gold. I mean, when he's fit, he's on pens and he's just returns. He's a steady ticker. Uh, he gets assists and he does it all. Yeah, he's back to back golden boot. He never misses his pens like fucking Kuhn. <laughs> and yeah, six, six at, I have four out of their next six games are home. They have home West Ham, home Swans, home Hull, home Burnley. Yeah, some of the best homes that they're going to see. Yeah, so they could be yeah, real. Yeah, no, Kane's definitely an option. I think he's going to be a big differential coming up soon. So it's the kind of thing, it's tough with the forwards because it's similar to the mid and just in general this year. There are so many good options that. Uh, zigging and zagging at the right times and getting rid of players to ride fixtures for some players that you don't own who are maybe a little differentials or those are the kinds of moves that are going to see you really rise. Like if you go a four week window and if you hold Lukaku for a four week window and he doesn't do great and maybe he gets like 12 points in four weeks or 14 points in four weeks versus figuring out a way to switch him to Kane who might do something like 35 points in four weeks, you know, like those are the kinds of things that you need to Look for to try and really make big rises. I think so. Yeah, it's reflective of the table. I mean, there's just so many good teams fighting for like top four right now, and it's right. it's such a good season. But um, yeah, it's been fun. It's been yeah, fun I mean, this week, as always, after international week, we expect like very weird shit and a lot of resting players and weird knocks that we didn't know about. And so, brace yourself for a fucking fuck fest. But speaking of fuck fest, I mean, like. Thinking long term, kind of how we were talking about like conservative conservatism with our transfers and all that kind of shit. Um, I wanted to just bring up the chips because people don't really know what they do and don't really know how to use them, and furthermore, don't really know why you and I and other people who are active are saving them. But I don't know. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, I mean, I think the chips are two good chips, one bad chip. The AOA chip is just kind of like an emergency button if you, for whatever reason, have like you know suspensions or bad fixtures at the back. You might be able to gain, best case, maybe you're going to gain four points from that chip, but normally you'll gain one or two points. It's just the kind of thing that if it's going to help you get an 11 out when you want to save a transfer, if someone's suspended or injured, then you use it, it's worthless. But the bench boost, which gives you four additional players in that game week, and the triple captain, which gives you, you know, obviously triple captain instead of double captain, 
best used for double game weeks, which normally come, you know, probably around game week 28 or later. Um, once we get some little weather cancellations or games cancel for FA Cup late rounds and things of this nature, uh, teams have two games in one week, and that's what we call double game weeks for those of you who are just new, new to the game. And uh, in those double game weeks, that's also why we save our second wild card for that moment. Uh, the idea is that they, the FA announces the readjustment of fixtures. Uh, we see which teams have double game weeks and when they land. Uh, usually there's going to maybe be one really big one and one smaller one. Uh, we're going to wild card the week before so that we can use our bench booster triple captain chip for the double game week. Uh, last year, you know, we saw a lot of unexpected rotation around the double game week for managers. So players who we had in our teams who we thought were pretty reasonably shoe-ins for both those games maybe only got one. But theoretically, the idea is that you get at least, you know, 11 to 15 of your players playing twice in that week. Gives you between uh, like about 20, 20, whatever the fuck, and 30 fixtures for one week. Bench boost, you get, you know, instead of four games, you get eight. Um, triple captain, you know, instead of getting a triple captain out of one game, you get it out of two games. So you're already getting a big boon on just minutes played alone. So those are the kind of things that we wait for with the, and when we saw it last year, we weren't doing so great around that time. We had tough seasons last year, but we rose a lot from the use of our bench boost and triple captain wild card around the very late stages of the season. Like last year, I think big game weeks were in 33, 31, uh, 37. Really late stages in the season, but saving those chips and our second wild card really caused us to rise. So, if you haven't used them yet, please hold on to them. Um, they're going to come in come in handy when a lot of the players realistically now. I mean, I'm 20k, you're like 30, 40k, whatever. A lot of the people in and around our ranks are there because they've already used the chips. So it's going to give us that much more of an advantage later on when when we can use them for double game week, which should be theoretically more fruitful. That was a beautiful summary. I have nothing to add. Hi, hey, I'm Adam. Hi, I'm Adam. <laughs> um, should we move on? Should we go captains? Yeah. Okay, so mine's on Kuhn right now. I mean... I'm, I'm not on Kuhn this week, dude. Yeah, I, I, it's TBD because they still have a game tomorrow against Colombia. I could see him starting since they got fucking thrashed by Brazil at Palace. I don't know. It's okay, but... I don't know who are you on Lukaku. Yeah, I'm on Ram. Yeah, Ram is Ram is probably the best. Um, yeah, I mean, dude, he's fucking done. He just braced against like a yeah, fucking Estonia team of ele- electricians and, and plumbers. Yeah, but he's got home swans. There's I, I the, what happened last week or last international when I kept in Kuhn, like we didn't we said well there's a, maybe a little bit of a chance. Yeah, and then we still captained him. Like we still captained. I think at Palace is as good a fixture as you're going to see for him because we've kept zero clean sheets this year. But the small seed of doubt that there's even a 10% chance that he doesn't feature and they play Kalechi because they have a Champions League game, I don't know. It's not worth it for me after what happened last week. And I think Lukaku home swans just played. Yeah, uh, it's, worth, a, it's worth mentioning. Arsenal, City, Tottenham, all three have huge Champions League games in the middle of next week. So we could see some rotation there. And... Southampton and United are both both have big games in their respective Europa groups, so it's worth monitoring. Maybe a captaincy on one of those guys, as you mentioned with Kuhn, but maybe even Kevin or Alexis or I don't know, fucking Kane or something like that. It's it's a little bit more risky than normal. 
Yeah, and I mean, we're still playing with not full information. We still haven't seen what happens with Alexis tomorrow. You know, we have pressers with Hazard, and it's going to be very important, but um, and Costa for that matter. But I just think that the safety with Lukaku, home, Swansea, very, very shambles. Safe. Granted, they you know they're going to have two weeks, and Bob's going to do what he can to tighten them up. I mean, not a lot of their players have gone out on international, so he probably maybe had a little bit extra training. I don't know. I'm speaking on my ass. Maybe giving them a break, but it just feels like Lukaku, home, Swansea is a team that he bullies. He's a flat track, and yeah, I mean, Swansea have nine yeah, just, nine goals conceded in the last four, so yeah, they're it not just, it just, doing it. It's it seems safe, and I'll probably stick on this unless if something crazy happens in pressers. But I think Lukaku, to me, is honestly the standout for all the reasons that we're mentioning about you know getting back on time, uh, lack of other competitions, no no question over his minutes. The fixture's good. I mean, Arsenal have a good fixture. They're not an option, and uh, I think Kane is possibly the only other rival shout. But I also don't see him in a ton. Of teams, well, he also so. even got sent home early from England, and right. and has that Champions League game lurking. He just came back. I, you know, right. maybe he plays forty five. I don't know. Yeah, yeah I, I think I'm with you. I think Lukaku's the standout. There are some other like potential differential caps, like KDB or even Chaz or something like that, but. Most people have Lukaku, and it's it definitely seems like the best. Yeah, it feels safe. feels good. Feels I, think, safe. I mean, last time I captained him, he got a double return for me, so I'm, I'm not troll-cockoing this year. I'm just feeling good. That West Ham game, 12, bam. Yeah, I mean, he has, what, two two or three blanks all season since he's been starting? One, two, three. Three blanks all season. Yeah, three out of eight. Yeah, and one but, was the first start of the year, and one was last start against Chelsea. I don't know. Yeah, Lukaku though he might be uh, on his way out. I don't know. The fixtures get real tough. The fixtures do get real tough after this I, one, but that's something I, for next week. That's next week, but I just feel like we've really we've been milking Lukaku yeah, we've milked. for a while. Yeah, 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 and we've gotten a lot of value. Like I feel like it might be time to just clean break. But yeah, that's a, that's a bigger talk for next week because I have some serious Lukaku thoughts. Yeah, that could be Kane time. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Alright, let's go to our teams. I mean, I think you're saving, is that right? Yeah, I think I'm going to probably save. I, I mean, starting Van Dickhead, home Livy is not great, but maybe you'll get a head, header goal because they can't defend Probably will, yeah. Could do. Um, and then, yeah, I think I'm just going to like roll my fucks and see what happens. I don't have like I have a lot of away fixtures. I think seven of my uh, or six of my front seven are away, but I just like like them all, and I feel like I'm fine for right now. I think unless if I get some bad news with Pickford and Manone, I hope Pickford keeps his spot. He should do. I feel like he's the future, and he hasn't put a foot wrong. But if there's a seed of doubt that that might not happen, then I might do my non-playing other 4.0 to Heaton. But Pickford home hall, they'll probably concede because they're horrible. Also, like Palace, but uh, yeah, saving seems nice, and then I could figure it out next week what I want to do. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm a lot what more. Have, you have some. I'm confused in this moment. <laughs> <laughs> what, are you, what are you looking at? Well, because I've so I have Callum. He's a nightmare. Everything seems to indicate that he'll be fit for next week, and I mean I don't think he's at risk of being the starter, assuming they just. I mean, considering they just lost to Sunderland <laughs> without him and could only score one goal, I think he's pretty safe as long as he's fit. At Stoke, not a bad fixture, but Chaz is just so much 
better and the stats are so much better and the team is so much better and he's so much more safe. So I have that consideration. Um, I'm also a little bit worried about goalie. I, I know Butlin's back in training. I don't know if he's fully back yet. I'll wait for an update on that. But my two goalies are Lee Grant and Pickford, and they both might are, are at risk. So I could do either one of them to Heaton, but that doesn't feel good. And then, yeah, I mean, I could could also work on my defense, as we mentioned kind of earlier when I when I brought up Brunt, is like Kolarov and Mate both got to go. It's just that's a, not a one free transfer move. Which one? Doing a defender swap. Yeah, I guess not. I mean, I have because, 2.5 in the bank. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like if you want to free that much more up to do a double swap, then you make that transfer. But you know, you got to save over doing something like Koscielny out or Matip out, I think. Yeah, no, I, I yeah. That's fair. It's like West Brom are so like bad. Like they aren't keeping clean. They have two cleans all year. They're fucking horrible. Yeah, they suck. Yeah, no, that's yeah. very very fair. But yeah, I guess it's between Callum and maybe a goalie move. The goalie stuff we'll probably get a lot more info for the press conferences. But yeah, we should do. I just uh, it's just hard to weigh the value of a free versus the value of Chaz over Callum for one week. I mean, like Chaz over Callum seems destined. But maybe it's worth just saving a free and just waiting it out and kind of toughing it out this weird week, and then next week making a bigger call. I don't know yet. I don't know. I think you make that transfer. I don't, I don't think that's worth saving. Yeah, I mean, I'll wait till Thursday at least to make sure yeah, Chaz doesn't play. But, but dude, they don't have fucking Europa this week. What? Do you, what? Don't they? Oh no, that's no. next week. That's Fuck. next week. Yeah, I'm confused. Yeah, that's next week. Yeah, I guess. I guess I should just probably make it since it's almost definitely what I'm going to do anyways. Like Callum's outlook is just like so bad. Yeah, it's bleak. Chaz, Chaz is just chazzing. And Bournemouth in general are like one of the most inconsistent, so frustrating things ever. Yeah, just, it's like sometimes they just look tight and they keep cleans, and then sometimes they just score four. It's like, what are they? Who are they? Who what are they? they? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, when they look good, you could argue they're like a top eight club, and <laughs> when they look bad, they're a relegation. Yeah, but their fixtures are really weird. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, they're not weird. They're just bad. They're pretty bad. Yeah, just like well, yeah. After the after Stoke, they're really bad. But Stoke isn't horrible. No, Stoke isn't bad. But I mean, at Stoke is not home Stoke. I don't know. I think that Chazzy's enough better that yeah, he he's way 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 better. The stats are off the page too. They're like I think that's probably a better use than a save. Yeah, I guess the, one of the reasons I was hesitating was to see if maybe I can get like Costa or Kane in or some shit. But in the end, that'll probably be my Lukaku transfer next yeah, week. Yeah, I don't yeah. think that's that big of a deal. Okay, Adam. Okay. Uh, Sometimes you got to just talk it out with your friends and figure it out. You know. <laughs> don't, don't don't start with me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, I feel good about that. I'm probably going to yeah. calm to Chaz. Join yeah, the fucking Chaz train. We've been sporting him for so long at this point, and it's it's time Cold to fucking live live to sport. He's so good. Yeah, he's a beautiful but, boy. Uh, it sucks for you to get him in ahead of Liverpool game. Yeah, whatever. They yeah, it'll be like nine three anyway. Yeah, nine three. <laughs> I should bet Easy the over on that. Obviously. Yeah. yeah, I mean Liverpool and Everton both not good fixtures. But then Palace, Middlesbrough, Stoke, Bournemouth. He'll he'll come good. Yeah, he'll come good. Liverpool. Also, a good I think Buffal, sneaky little Buffal, is going to make them a lot better too. Like 
from all accounts, I, I didn't watch like their EFL Cup game or whatever the fuck, but apparently he was fucking amazing. He scored that worldie, and then he subbed on last week and created three three chances in like thirty minutes or something. Like his stats were insane. I don't know. Seems like that just makes him even sexier. Yeah, I mean, I love him. Let's go, Sofyan. Yeah. Anything else? Morocco. No. Yeah, I don't think so. It's, it's a weird pod, but we'll be back with lineup lamentations. We'll have our uh, moves and our lineups and everything on Friday, so check that out. But uh, check us out at fmlpl.com. Follow on Twitter at fmlpl. Email us fmlpl at gmail.com. Join our league like on Facebook, right on iTunes, and cheers.